I'm Heather Roberts here with Congresswoman Andrea Salinas. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I know things in Washington are so busy right now. They are. And thank you um, for having this discussion. Let's start first with the thing that is just really taking up a lot of time and energy and, frankly, just airtime. And that is the imminent threat of a federal government shutdown. What are you doing and, and what really can be done to try and prevent that from happening? So, Heather, as people may know or not know, you know, Republicans are in the majority in the House right now. And um, Kevin McCarthy has a faction of his caucus, the Freedom Caucus, that is placing really unrealistic demands on their own party. So there's a lot there's it's in complete chaos. I'll be honest. It's in complete chaos. And I know and I've you know talked to and heard whispers from different members of their conference that they are upset with each other. And so there is. So the role that I play as a Democratic freshman member in all of this, and this is what I say to my constituents, is the only thing I can do is continue to reach out to those reasonable members who want to get work done to let them know that we are here to do that work. And so, and I remain optimistic, I do not want to shut down, I will do everything I can um, to prevent that from happening. But these demands that are coming from the far right wing of the Republican conference are extreme and they will hurt Americans across the board. And I think the rest of their conference knows that. And so all I can do is stand by, ready to be reasonable, meet people in the middle and get, you know, and be ready to work. If there is a shutdown, what does that mean for Oregonians? Oh my gosh, it could mean so many different things. So for instance, we have this huge um, fentanyl opioid crisis in Oregon, and not just in Oregon, not just in the 6th Congressional District, but around the United States right now. And we are seeing people who are, you know, are dying because of this drug where, you know, we learned about, you know, children at a daycare center who were poisoned and then one, you know, lethally ingested um, fentanyl. This is a huge crisis. And the the law enforcement and the federal dollars that go towards fighting off and making sure that you know fentanyl does not come into our country, that will be stopped. Things like investments around manufacturing for chips and semiconductors, which is just, is a huge issue in our state, and Oregon really um, can benefit from that type of investment. I just you know we heard from uh, Secretary Romano the other day in my Science, Space, and Technology Committee that it will essentially, the work around these investments will shut down. It will completely stop. They will not have the authority to move forward with making these investments. So we are talking about job creation. We are talking about public safety. We are talking about healthcare. These are real consequences for people, again, not just in my district, not just in Oregon, but across the United States. I heard one congressman, a Republican congressman comment the other day that a government shutdown wouldn't be that bad. Payments would still go out. People would still get their benefits. But you're making this sound very dire and drastic. So where where do we decide? How do Americans figure out what the truth is in between those two comments? 
I think both are true to some degree, like definitely. So I don't want to scare people. That's not, I'm not in the business of scaring my constituents. People will, as I understand it, continue to get social security and Medicare. Should they not have any problems with those agencies? If they have problems with those agencies and whether it's um, social security, Medicare visas, we do a lot of passports, making sure people get their passports if they want to travel. I think we will see delays TSA, um, at the airports um, won't have funding. So we will see airport delays. There are a lot of other ways that this will affect people. And so for instance, as I was mentioning, people come to us for issues with social security and Medicare. So if you don't have any issues and you're getting your benefits and there's no glitches, you're great. But should there be problems, and we do have cases that, you know, our constituents come to us and say, hey, can you help me navigate these big bureaucracies? There will be nobody there to help them figure out what the problem is with their benefits or or with their spouse who maybe just passed away. Things of that nature that people don't think about that government workers do every single day and our office does every single day. So we have another week before that deadline. September 30th, right, is that is the deadline. What's the timeline just even in the next week through this weekend? What what are we expecting to happen? Could we avert this all in the next few days? Oh, we absolutely could. And that's why I'm saying I'm staying optimistic because I would love to see a continuing resolution. Let's give ourselves some time to figure out what the components are and how to come together. And we know the Senate is doing, you know, some work and sending ready, you know, ready to go to conference on some of these bills. And I, you know, I don't know, um, I think they had a mini bus plan that may have um, unfolded as well, but it's those kinds of things. I think we're going to need more time, but we could absolutely do a continuing resolution that just extends the funding that we have right now, keep that in place and just extend it so that we can get some deals on the ground for the American people. Let's talk a little bit about uh, kind of a passion project of yours. You have made it a point to really bring mental health to the to the house floor and you've introduced the hope and mental well-being act tell me about that yeah so again oregon like many other states and certainly in my district is faint facing a mental health crisis we have very very high um suicidality rates um issues around adolescent mental health um addiction and recovery is a big problem in Oregon. But we're seeing this also, again, across the United States. And I know it is bleeding into so many other areas of our society, our cultures, our economies. So whether it's workforce and trying to attract the appropriate workforce, houselessness and our unhoused population, um, so much of it revolves around people's mental health and well-being. And so, and Oregon also is one of those states that actually ranks near the last in terms of access to care. And one of those barriers to care we know is cost. It can be very cost prohibitive for people to actually access um, any kind of behavioral health, you know, um, seeing a psychiatrist or a psychologist or behavioral health therapist. So what this bill does is for those who are insured by Medicare or Medicaid, it would offer three no cost share visits. And I realize that a lot of times um, behavioral health therapy and, you know, substance use addiction and treatments can take much more than three visits. But I believe getting people in the door and removing that cost barrier is a huge step to starting to, to start to figure out what the prevention needs are of our of our communities across the United States. And that is exactly what this would do. So Medicare right now does not cover mental health coverage, mental health benefits. 
They do and they can, but what, and typically though, what um, people go through Medicare Advantage to get these supplemental um, benefits. And so this would be directly through Medicare because as people know, and I heard this on the campaign trail, Medicare doesn't necessarily cover um, dental, vision, um, you know, and and yes, and behavioral health. So this would um, open that up through um, traditional Medicare. So they would get three, essentially three free visits a year. And and as you acknowledge, anyone who's been through any sort of uh, mental or behavioral health cover uh, treatment knows three visits really isn't a lot. But you're saying the goal is to just get them in the door. That's right. Get them in the door, make them realize that there are resources and also push us because we also know there's a provider shortage. And I've acknowledged this, that we need to start increasing our workforce and the whole spectrum. And that, you know, that can include things like peer support, where people who have been in treatment or recovery or, you know, have had mental health and behavioral health care illnesses to just someone there to talk to someone else who has been through the same kind of trauma. So, you know, everything from that to all the way to our, you know, most um, decorated uh, psychiatrists at the top of, you know, PhD level kind of care, we need it all. And this, I think, will also open our eyes and really start to suss out the need. But what I keep saying is we need this because it is it is about prevention. It is about catching people up front when they start to recognize and notice. And when they are ready to seek treatment, that is the time that we want them in the door. And this would allow that. We know that getting an act of Congress <laughs> through Congress can be a slow process. What do you think the odds are of getting this actually to the president's desk? Well, again, given that, um, you know, Democrats are not in control and I know my um, Republican counterparts are really limiting our ability to increase any kind of funding, this would increase funding. And I know that it is not going to be, um, you know, something that the Republican majority is going to want to take up. However, I, this conversation needs to start. We just kicked off our rural um, rural health care caucus yesterday. It's bipartisan. I know these issues are important. So many people talked about mental health and behavioral health issues from both sides of the aisle in that caucus. So yeah, so I think it's a conversation that needs to be had and it could take, you know, a term or two or three. So as you said, it takes a while for, for Congress to, to realize that the need is there. And we need to act. Yeah, there's there's no coincidence that the phrase is it takes an act of Congress because that's right. <laughs> that is a time consuming process. Well, uh, Congresswoman, we are out of time and I know you have a lot of other things to get to today. So I really appreciate uh, you taking some time to talk through issues with us. Congresswoman Andrea Salinas, thank you so much. Thank you, Heather. You're listening to FM News 100.1 on 1110 KBND.